0: Your, Your
1: grandparents, grandparents did what? Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Your Grandparents, grandparents Did, did what? what? It is a parenting history podcast where we accidentally uncovered the chainsaw origin story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm still not much to everyone's chagrin i can't stop thinking about it sorry bud i didn't Uh. mean to bring that to your life it's okay you'll be on your deathbed like (laughs) no that's not what a chainsaw
1: i'm gonna be like (laughs) triggered every time i see a chainsaw now i'm just gonna like kegel so hard (laughs) oh no Uh, oh you're rachel stornello oh yes you're maggie walker hi What's going on? We're BFFs making a podcast,
0: yes. <laughs> forcing everyone we know to listen to it. Yes, thank you Thanks, for listening. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate you guys. We do, honestly. You you give us reason to continue to do this <laughs> thing. We need like three of you to continue to listen I know. to this. We for have, us to be like yeah. we
1: weeded out our like really biggest fans here, and the, mm-hmm. they're they're invested. They're bought yes. in. Yes, we need this, we gotta like, come up with like a fan a fan name.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: The old granny. I was, say,
0: I was <laughs> just about to say the grannies. The grannies.
1: <laughs> all right. Okay. So where's our grannies the at? Grannies. <laughs> Holler for your granny. Um. All right. Well, we are, this is our ninth episode. It is. And we're doing conception. Yes. How things. Think, think, think,
0: think, I think. I You researched it all
1: week. I know. Yes. I've had such a crazy week though. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's been a weird it's been long, a long all over the week. It just feels so long. I don't even know what happened. I had a busy work week and it was nice out. So I feel like I was like yes. out of the house a lot more, which
0: is like I'm not used to. I got a sunburn on my forehead because <laughs> I haven't been outside in like 10 months. Mm-hmm. So the two hours I spent outside the other day at the playground, yeah. I came home and I was like, why does my forehead feel weird? And then I looked at it and it was all bright red. I know.
1: I know. Rude. I was like, I need to get my sunscreen out. I know. I know. And then I went inside today again and guess what? Forgot sunscreen. Oh, I know. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm like. Really thankful for my SPF in my facial moisturizer.
0: I'm like, you are just like doing the work for me because I would never remember. Well, back when I had a good skin skincare routine, yeah, I kept it separate, but equal. And maybe I should go back to. I just <laughs> bought expensive. Do you want to know moisturizer what I just? You maybe remember when um,
1: when COVID first started, like when we went into lockdown.
0: A year one ago, year ago tomorrow? today, no. tomorrow, tomorrow, the thirteenth, the thirteenth. Yeah, I went. I had a cardiology appointment that. School got canceled. And I was all annoyed because I had to take Cameron to the cardiologist mm-hmm. with me. And that was the last time we did anything. Yep. Yeah. But I remember standing
1: in my bathroom looking at like my makeup and like all my stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm excited for 30 days not having to do makeup or anything. I was like, I'm excited to see like what my skin looks like after being inside for just 30 days. And then we're was, little now I'm trolls like, that are like, 365 days later. <laughs> like, how do you put on? And I'm like, cool. Now I'm like just like a giant pimple from the mask. It's <sighs> awful. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for those too.
0: my skin tone is all the same beige, <laughs>
1: like pale yeah. color. We're gonna get back into makeup. We'll
0: start. Are here. we? I don't think so, actually, now that we're here talking about it. I mean, maybe one day. I, we have two younger kids. So yeah. I feel like... One day. Okay. Let's talk
1: about our donation stations. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so Rachel did the, the legwork
0: here, and she found some organizations we're going to donate to this week and take it away. So the two places we found this week, um, first one is in gender Health. Um, and their mission is to implement high-quality, gender-equitable, equitable programs that advance sexual and reproductive health and rights. Um, and the AGC scholarships. Um, and they're a nonprofit group committed to providing both advocacy and scholarships for those struggling with infertility in the United States. Awesome. So yeah. you know, we are going to, yeah, we're gonna
1: talk a little bit about. I think the way we approach this episode is I'm gonna kind of talk about the history of infertility treatments mm-hmm. in our lives. Yes. And what are
0: you talking about actually? I'm going to really give fun. you, well, here, I'll, I'll tease it out a little. Okay. I'm going to give you a little bit of what you always want. Yes. And I'm going to get a little bit of what you didn't know. you <laughs> did. Okay. Hashtag chainsaw.
1: <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's, are you going to go first? I'm going to go first. All right. Let's do it. Okay.
0: here we are here oh, okay, we're here so <clears throat> i'm gonna take you back to ancient egypt mm-hmm. I, you know i like to go to ancient egypt to greece i've learned more
1: i hate to say this like i am gonna call myself out i knew so little about <laughs> history <laughs> like
0: time periods yeah. and well, the names of them i keep hitting like three over Mame, and over i know <laughs> again. So you're gonna come out of this knowing always uh, uh, the, after the last this next 10 episodes yes it'll be ancient egypt ancient greece medieval, yes. and Victorian times. Exactly.
1: It's like more than I learned in all of my schooling. <laughs> because I
0: feel like those are all the places we both came up with some
1: really strange yeah. things. Okay. Sorry Anyways,
0: interrupt. No, no, no. This is, this is, yeah. this is the platform Please for interrupt. that. It This would be really <laughs> weird and awkward if you just sat there like... Staring at you. Mm-hmm. This is great information. I love it. Um, okay. So, um, the oldest medical text in the world that I guess still exists, at the very least, is the Kahan pa- Papyrus. So... In the papyrus, they had fertility tests, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. One one test was to hit the woman on a particular part of her lip. If it didn't hurt, she was thought to be infertile forever. Mouth lip or vagina lip? Mouth, (laughs) I guess. I'm assuming, but... Mouth lip. But uh, I don't know what part of her lip. I also don't know what part you could hit on any woman and they would be like... (laughs) Listen, um, that was
1: fine. On my C-section c-section <laughs> scar that is now numb <laughs> forever.
0: <laughs> um, or you could have a woman sit on a mound of dirt that's been soaked in old beer and mixed with fruit and dates. Oh. For every time that she threw up while sitting there, one child, she would have one child in the future. If she had a stomachs, if she had a strong stomach, no kids for her. Oh, So what did you have to sit in? Beer and? Old beer on a mound of dirt mixed with old beer and fruit and Ew. dates it's you like the, actually throw up. it's the origin story of a fruitcake <laughs> okay, also, i also feel like that is like like some of these things i'm like okay it so seems like a 50 50 chance yeah. of being right or being wrong right but like you could be like okay did that test someone and she didn't birth at all and then she went on to have 17 kids yeah, like, like how is that how are you i guess they weren't big in like data, data. <laughs> but, um, hypothesis yes. testing yeah. conclusion whatever yeah. so moving on to ancient greece Um, So there were a lot of theories in ancient Greece about how how biological sex was selected, Mm -hmm. okay? So they considered women women to be naturally weak, damp, and cold, while men were hot, strong, dry, and hot. Mm -hmm. Um, Hippocratic doctors advised parents hoping for boys to consume hot, dry, and strong foods, such as red wine sprinkled with black cumin. to uh, To conceive a girl, eat wet foods, cool feminine foods, such as lettuce and white wine, So I, I would if that was true, I would have two girls, (laughs) (laughs) like a
1: like a nice spring mix and a a Chardonnay with an ice cube. (laughs) Yeah, a little (laughs) Chard. How annoying would it be for them now, like to look back, like if they could, like you know, as ghost people, be like, Mm -hmm. "God damn it!" So like that's not how it even works at all.
0: all. (laughs) So, um, they also considered the left side of the womb to, uh, to nourish female children and the right side to nourish males. So couples who wanted girls tied the right testicle with a string. Hopefully directing the sperm towards the left side oh, of the womb. No. And vice versa. for Probably. Ow. Could you put like directing it like, hey, all the ones <laughs> over here stay on this side of the vaginal wall. like uh, uh, Without words.
1: Like I don't. Wait, so the men tied their testicle? Yeah, because they were hoping that the, the sperm. I am happy to say, say that, that I'm side... glad that some. Finally, the, there's a male <laughs> here that's taking some accountability for something happening. Yeah. So, yeah, they would. I, I I, Interesting. So they understood that babies came from having sex with a man, which I think was like, at some point, they were just like, ah, I'm pregnant. I don't know how this happened.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, So uh, they thought if both parents produced strong sperm, the child was to be male. Mm. If both produced weak um, sperm, a female. Yeah. But if one parent produced strong and one uh, parent weak, the gender of the child would be determined by the more dominant partner. Also, they thought like men and women both had sperm, basically. Yeah. Okay, they yes. Mm-hmm. so um, Aristotle thought that girl babies were those were the result of abnormalities. Mm-hmm. So this is their view on women, basically. What the fuck? They thought boys were superior. so when a girl was born, it was because something had gone wrong. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Um, he also believed that one was more likely to have a boy if sex occurred when the winds were blowing north. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And that men with thicker quote Ew. I wrote thicker sperm were more likely to produce males.
1: Gag. Yes. Nuh-uh.
0: Okay. Hard pass. <laughs> I mean, just like old. Little... Nope. No. You know you're-
1: <laughs> Let's
0: move on. So uh, they had uh, one way for Greeks, ancient Greeks, to test fertility. Quote: You could make the woman urinate on a plant above, and again at night. When morning comes, if you find the plant scorched, she will not conceive. If you find it green, she shall conceive. Okay. I wonder. I think because it's like tied to like, like I, because they had no idea what was going on. Like if you could, like everything was tied to like the natural world. So right. like if your womb was, was fertile. Fertile
1: and could like not kill this plant. Yes. You could grow a baby. If your
0: womb was barren, it yes. would kill this plant. It would kill the plant. Because they're just are like grasping at straws here. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So they had some um, ways to treat infertility. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the ancient Greek ways to treat infertility was to insert medication into the cervix immediately before intercourse with a lead probe, and then lie with legs crossed for at least six days afterwards. Oh my god! Avoiding bathing or eating solid foods. Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck? He just keep the hits keep
1: on coming with that one. <laughs> yes, I mean. Six days with something in your, stuffed into your cervix? No, I think, I think you just like, I think it's like. You'd put something there,
0: have you sex. you something there, have sex. And then lay there for six into days. your cervix. Ow. Being, your cervix being manually dilated in modern days does it's, not feel good. Yeah, I can't can imagine. Me? like some old dude that's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at <laughs> yeah. with a lead probe. I wonder what they put in it. Medicine? Know, I just said medicine and like yeah. I said before I don't dig any deeper I find it I say yeah
1: <laughs> click copy paste it was probably like herbs of some sort uh, A paste? Or, or like um. fucking duck semen or something mm. <laughs> from the old corkscrew yeah. <laughs> that's
0: something else I can't stop fucking thinking about <laughs> god damn it Well, let's see if I can find one in this episode <laughs> to help you so they also thought women should drink boiled um, pine twigs and white wine, cumin seed or frankincense which sounds okay. okay. Yeah. Or no? maybe try a boiled puppy and octopus.
1: <laughs> Why? One what? or the other. Uh, I'm going to go with the herbal mixture, <laughs> not yeah. the fucking dead ass yeah. octopus.
0: Whatever has white wine and no boiled puppies. <laughs> boiled fucking puppies. <laughs> What fucking savages, man? Who boils a puppy? Uh, The ancient Greeks. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, That's intense. So moving on to the Middle Ages. (sighs) Okay. So um, many of the earliest women's health books were written by monks, the very people who had the very least information. (laughs) Aren't they like a
1: celibate? Uh
0: Uh-huh. They just hang out with each other. And um, one book instructed men to get women in the mood by rubbing between her vulva and anus. And when the place I read that was like, I wonder why. And I was like, because they're all fucking gay and they think <laughs> prostates exist. Like if you had only had any sort of sexual contact with other men, yeah, you probably would be like, Oh yeah, that feels really good for women too. Right, right,
1: right. They didn't know any other. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Th-
0: and so breaking and it like, down. Yeah, there are no prostates in women. So <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel that great. now yeah. <laughs> here to report. <laughs> so um they had a one they had a longstanding belief in the one sex system. So they believed that female reproductive organs were just inside out male reproductive organs. Yeah, the vagina was an inverted penis, and the ovaries were testes. Okay, and since women had quote cooler constitutions and lacked the heat or force to drive out the reproductive mm-hmm. reproductive organs. Okay, huh? So they basically thought because we're not strong enough to, like, that's why shoot, your penis did not did poop not come out. out.
1: Okay, so they just all thought they were all men, but some men. Had vaginas, we're, yeah, we're I guess women. we're
0: abnormality.
1: Abnormality and we're women. Yes. Wow. That's a stretch, guys. Yes. <laughs> what um, do they think about breasts then? They were just like, don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> All things stay be explained. People, <laughs> I don't wow. think they were doing a lot of like testing on uh, no. women. Yeah. So, but following the Black Death... Uh, clergy were instructed to counsel their parishioners about sex to encourage, quote, fruitful marriages because so much of Europe was decimated. So basically, your priests were like, yeah, 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 let's get 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 you in the fucking mood. So church law supported spousal obligations to, quote, honor each other's desire for sexual gratification, which may be the most enlightened thing any Catholic (laughs) person has ever said inside of a fucking (laughs) church. And that was the end of it. (laughs) And as a side note, it was widely thought at this time that women could only conceive if they had an orgasm. Oh. So, get it mid. Yep, that's only- still the case people. <laughs> <laughs> that is still 100% the case. True. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like I mean, okay, the- I'm pretty sure there's some I thought this is my fact check, but I'm
1: almost certain, uh-huh, that there has been studies done that you're more likely to become pregnant
0: if you're, ob- if you I, have sex during yes. ovulation
1: and help, achieve orgasm.
0: Yes. Well, I've heard the same thing too, but I wonder if it's true. I mean, it is one of those things that is only, I mean, it only makes you want to have sex more. Right. Not yeah. Only, I guess you know, like, maybe
1: if you're like, yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe
0: you're more likely to conceive because you're more likely to to, be having, to have sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if you were trying to conceive, You could take a fish that had been found inside another fish and fry it with hare's liver until both were dried, and then you would grind that powder with flour and drink in water. (laughs) So it's like the worst protein shake. You had like a really like.
1: Yeah, that just sounds so foul and vile. A fish that's been fried, fried fish inside with hare's liver. So a rabbit liver and
0: fish fried till it's like fish eaten by another fish. Uh, fish sound in found inside another fish. Ew. So like they open, they're like, "Oh, let me get this one fish, and let me get
1: this other fish that this other fish ate." <laughs> mm-hmm. Because one person made that and then became pregnant. They're like, "This is it, guys." <laughs> Basically, I don't know why that person would be like, "You know what? I've really been craving fish inside of another fish." <laughs> because they had nothing else, I don't think. It was just like, "Oh gosh, hang it!" This and fish I guess they are... had to
0: eat. It's very sustainable eating. I guess eat mm-hmm. all the parts. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so in some fishing communities, women were advised to make love when the tide was coming in, as that would wash a baby into the womb. Okay. I mean, works as well as any of these other fucking things on the list.
1: It sounds, like, kind of romantic. Yeah, that's true. You have, like, like, a, a six-hour mo- time frame. A little moonlight. Yeah, like, oh. Or it, like, just depends on the time of day. Like, oh, I must rush home to be <laughs> my lad, because... <laughs> The tide is coming in. <laughs> Wait, why am I in your... I <laughs> don't know. I like your weird... My like European, some sort of accent. European. But yeah, you have to like, ooh, you blush, you run yes. home. <laughs> you see the tide coming in.
0: <laughs> Gotta do it now, babe. BRB. Um, so another one calls for a woman to insert the brains of a male and female bird into her womb before sex. Ew. I don't know what into her womb. I think really into her womb it means vagina. like vagina. But bird brains... I feel like you could you would die. You could like get really sick. Yeah, like that feels like a, like feel how we so have avian flu. Fucking nauseous right? Somebody now. <laughs> put bird yes. brains inside their yes. fucking vagina in Ew. 1200.
1: Yeah, like and now we have the avian flu.
0: Um so another idea, you could smear the fat and brains of a dove or the blood and brains of a bat on the genitals for 3 <gasps> days. No. I don't know which genitals. Yours? Well, your partner's That's how co-
1: that. Yep. Now yep, we got now COVID. We got, we got avian flu and COVID. <laughs> COVID. COVID one. COVID one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the OG COVID. <laughs>
0: um. So their um their takes on infertility were you could take the liver and testicles of a small pig, dried and reduced to a powder in a potion. So they're like taking a lot of like the life giving parts, yes, of like other the, animals, the loins
1: of other animals, yes, and but it's like the blood,
0: we're in, like they're like, yeah. I, I don't. I think those things were more like, like, it wasn't just like, okay, this is the only thing that goes on with it. Um, Or a woman could take a damp wool dipped in quote asses milk and let, um, let her tie it upon her navel and let it stay there until she has intercourse. So you're like, come on, baby. I just put fucking donkey milk on my (laughs) navel. (laughs) You want to get frisky? Yes. Let's get it. Yeah. (laughs) So to diagnose whether a man or woman um, was the one infertile, they would mix the man's urine with wheat bran in one pot, and the woman's urine with another with bran in another pot. And after nine or ten days, whoever's urine was smelly and full of worms was the problem. Ma'am, that's called maggots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Holy so, two shit. little
0: pictures for you. So, here, this is um, this is in like some sort of monk text, and it is a physicians examining a flask of a woman's urine in 1300. <laughs> So just like some monk. like a decanter of wine. <laughs> I mean, she drank a lot. That she day. did. She was really hydrated. She was good for her. Um, I just feel like like I just thought it was funny, like thinking about some monk like <laughs> drawing in these like um pages, just like sketch yeah. this. And then this is um disembodied wombs with fetal positions and a pregnant female in this picture from. So oh. you can see it's like this is what they thought the wow. It looks like um the, my kid's game operation. I was going to say, yes. Can't just look like a good operation. <laughs> so that's what that's they call cool. Yes. And there's some more, as you can see we had from before, there's some babies floating <laughs> around in like little light bulbs up there. I still can't get over that either. <laughs> that image. <laughs> mm. That's a good one. So moving on to the 1800s. Um, for sex selection, they considered... Early eggs to be immature, and therefore they became female. Mm-hmm. Later eggs were strong and became male. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the 1896 book, Preparation for Motherhood, Elizabeth Rob, Rob- uh, Robinson Scoville thought um, if the father was physically stronger, more capable of impressing his personality, a daughter would be born. Mm-hmm. If the mother at the time of conception was excited... And interested and anxious to bear a son, she is likely to attain her desire, which I don't think I've ever been interested and anxious about anything and had it actually come to fruition.
1: All I can think about is what Ryan and I would have had if this was true. (laughs) Like, I feel like I described both of our personalities. (laughs) I'm like, wait, so what would you have if that's both true? (laughs)
0: Well, you had one of each. I know, I did have one of each. You proved they're both true. Yeah. So, um, if the father is much older than the mother, it is considered probable that they will have daughters. Okay. Because the woman's stronger, because she's younger. I guess so. Okay. We got that old dude's that old semen. Yeah. So it was believed that sex should be carried out in absolute darkness. (laughs) Once finished, a woman had to avoid speaking, coughing, or sneezing, since this would impede conception. I guess you're just not supposed to like push you just down have to, at yeah, all. You just have to You'd like let your pelvic floor be really loosey relaxed. goosey. <laughs> I hope that she peed after sex, though. Mm-hmm. I bet there was a lot of UTIs. Oh my god, everybody was dying from Eurosepsis. <laughs> everybody. Um, so according to some manuals, if someone had sex without being in love with their partner, the product would be an extremely ugly baby. Oh, rude! <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, "Oh, your parents must not have loved you." Yeah, or look your ugly ass. Yes. So, in continuing bad news, the acclaimed French psychologist Eugene Blackard claimed that the cervix was too narrow and had to suck the semen so that a woman could get pregnant. Due to this, the physician claimed that a woman could not conceive as a result of rape. Okay. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Additionally, Blackard asserted the baby would be born with characteristics of whoever the strongest orgasm during conception. <laughs> orgasm wars? Yes. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The rape thing. It still comes up. I mean, did you remember that politician a couple years ago that was like, uh, women have a way of not getting pregnant if they're raped? Yep. Yeah. Because you could like
1: control it if you weren't like enjoying the sex. Cool. Two thumbs down. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Eat a dick. Eat dicks. (laughs) Okay. So going through all this stuff, I was like, how did we find out that how babies were made?
1: Do you how know did we anything
0: about it at all? No, I
1: tried to stay away from that. Okay. I tried to look into more like how yes. we dealt with people who couldn't have babies. Okay. So I'm ready. I know nothing. So, so I'm a I'm a blank <clears throat> slate, sweetie.
0: No one in the world knew where babies come came from until 1874. What? 75, I'm sorry. Yes. Shut up. They, the they fuck? had no oh. idea how babies were made. Not no idea. They did not actually know how babies were made until okay. 1875. Wow. Yeah. That's like That's not that long ago. No, not that long ago (laughs) at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, people knew that when people had sex, sometimes a baby was created. Mm -hmm. They did not know about eggs. Mm -mm. And when they finally discovered sperm cells, they didn't think that they had anything to do with babies in pregnancy. The leading theory is that they were parasites. Wow. (laughs) So they were like, don't, they thought like the, they thought like the ejaculate, was, like, important, Uh but they didn't, like, when they looked under a microscope and actually saw sperm, they were like, oh, I'm just sick with... That's just, like... Parasite? Well, because, okay. So, when they looked, they would, like, once they figured out what microscopes were... And They looked at stuff. They could see bacteria, right. or right? Well, yeah,
1: it looks probably no different than like yes. a little amoeba swimming Especially across to like
0: yeah. sixteen fifty. Right. That was like a pretty shitty microscope. So they're like they understood that like the there was seminal a- fluid was important, but they didn't. They thought it was just like little bacteria in there. Yes, okay. I mean, everybody probably had a bunch of bacteria.
1: <laughs> I mean, there probably was also bacteria.
0: One hundred percent. So um, anthropologists and evolutionary biologists can't be precise. But all available evidence suggests that humans have understood that there is some relationship between sex and childbirth since Homo sapiens, quote, first exhibited greater cognitive development, sometimes between the emergence of our species 200,000 years ago and the elaboration of human culture probably about 50,000 years ago. So there was, like, some cave painting they found that they were like, that definitely means that people knew what happened after sex, how they fucking knew that. Mm -hmm. But I also, like, I get it. Like, people who were
1: not having sex – we're not having babies, yes. right? But also, I mean, it's one of those things that it's like a long time before you knew you were pregnant at that time. Like you didn't 100%. know you were pregnant until you were feeling a baby move. And so, yes. if you're like, maybe you had sex, you just didn't yeah, remember that you did. There's like a long gestational period, right?
0: Like, I wonder if it was. Like, I read some stuff that they a lot of like you could observe animals. Right. So even though like humans have a long gestational period, there are other animals that don't. Yeah. So you could see like, oh, dogs got pregnant like right. and had a baby quicker. So they were able to like conceive of like it's this act of sex, yes. is what causes the baby. Hundred percent, gotcha. Um, so the sperm and the egg, even if they had known to look for them, were hidden and elusive. Um, the human egg, which is the largest cell in the body, is only the size of a period at the end of a sentence, and the sperm cells are the smallest cells in your body. Which hmm, I didn't I know. know that. One human egg outweighs the sperm that fertilizes it a million to one. Oh my
1: god! Yeah. So, so fucking small. I it's, did not know that. Yeah,
0: I didn't realize how much. I mean, I feel like I've seen, like, weird, like, black and white, like. Yes, yes, yes. electronic, whatever <laughs> that you call it. Pictures of, like, a sperm yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel like you get the scope, maybe. Yeah, because it's, like, you have nothing to compare it to. That's true. Like. Yes. How would I? Yeah, no. No. So, it's like, literally, like, a normal. Period at the end of the sentence is the egg. And And that's a million times bigger than a sperm. Wow. It's actually kind of impressive. They saw them through the microscope. I am
1: very impressed. Okay. Good
0: good job, old timey white dude.
1: Yeah, congrats.
0: So studying what happened to the human body was difficult. This required um, buying corpses from grave robbers or bribing hangmen to turn over bodies fresh from the gallows. Mm. Because it, like basically they, because of religious reasons you couldn't desecrate other people's bodies. So it had to basically be like someone who they were like, fuck this person. Yeah. They're going to perish anyway. Or just like, like we are not going to bury them in sacred ground or right. what, consecrated. That's the right word.
1: But I guess even if you did like the autopsy, I, are you even getting to the point where you're seeing egg? Like I no, you know what I mean? No. Like you're probably no. not even going to, once you get to the ovary, you're like, this is all there is. You might not even
0: think to go into it. Okay. We're You're going to tell me. So, <clears throat> Um, Da Vinci made a hemisection showing a couple having sex in about 1492. So, this is a picture that Da Vinci drew. So, it's hard to see a little bit, but you can see that this is like – so, it's basically like a cross-section of the man, and then there's like a penis inside the body, right? So, d- then – Very big dick
1: <laughs> <laughs> for that drawing. <laughs> okay, Da Vinci. Okay, Da Vinci. I
0: see.
1: Is that a like a <laughs> – Self-portrait. I didn't say the letter, but we'll go with that. Right? Am I like, can I not see it well? it's like like comparatively to the rest of the picture. It's like a really big dick. Okay, go ahead. You're <laughs> gonna have to edit. <laughs>
0: Back under control. All right. We're not children. Okay. So it's hard to see a little bit, but I'll show you again in a second when I talk about some I stuff. I can't look at that photo. <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So back to serious things.
1: <laughs> so serious. <laughs>
0: I can't. I can't. I for, okay. forgive me for making you laugh so hard. I don't know why that really tickled me, but I mean, truly, my glasses are fogging <laughs> up. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, he drew two distinct channels within the penis. The lower channel carries urine while the upper carols, carries semen, blah, 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 carries semen and connects with the spinal column in the brain. The spinal connection reflected a Greek belief that in the words of one ancient writer, quote, the sperm is a drop of brain. Okay. So you can have your nice um, headache afterwards because your, your, uh, fluid (laughs) around. So it's hard. Like if you look, don't look at the big penis, but like you can see like, look, Oh
1: yeah. It's like
0: connected to your brain. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, but in this, there are no ovaries shown. Okay. There's a mysterious tube running from the uterus to the nipple. And the idea was that mother's milk was made from refined, refined transformed menstrual blood. Ew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This theory dreamt up by the Greeks who are apparently a crazy bunch of assholes. (laughs) was an attempt to explain why pregnant people and new mothers do not menstruate. Oh. So if you can see here, okay. like, it basically is big dick goes inside, and then, look, there's a little tube, boop, 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 right up to that nipple. Oh, my God. I also like how lovingly he's drawn this man and, like, this I'm, floppy boob and, like, you, rolls and, like, just nothing of a woman. Yeah, like, until you pointed out
1: that that was the nipple, I was, like, not sure what yes. that even was. So that's, that's a breast, and okay. that's a nipple,
0: and that's the tube going from the uterus to the to nipple. The nipple. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, through the late 1600s and the early 1800s, a strange theory of conception prevailed. Um, this was the idea of preformation or pre programmed encasement of successive generations. Um, that uh, parents did not create their children. God did. Mm -hmm. Okay. So God had created every living being and he had done so all at the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. This meant that God must have stashed away every person who would ever live, all those destined to be born in the year 100 or in the 1200s or in the 1500s or some centuries still to come. Biblically, this is appealing because it held uh, that all humans are related. And scientifically, it seemed to explain the similarities between parents and offspring. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically this is the idea that like you, your egg or your sperm, whatever, mm-hmm. has tiny people in it, basically, which has a tinier person. in it, <laughs> And it's like opening up as you Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Okay? Like a,
1: one of those little like pills you put in
0: water and like a sponge grows. But like then there's another sponge inside. <laughs> <the> sponge. <laughs> okay. So due to observing um, egg-laying animals, scientists theorize that there was something similar within humans. Oh, actually, okay, that's pretty. Love pretty it, brilliant. Yes. Of them. So, Dutch scientist Renier G de Garf, sure. Garf sorry, old timey people, I never <laughs> say your names right. Um, pushed to change the label from female testicles to ovaries oh. in 1672. Ain't Before you- that, it was called female, female testicles.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs> so, um, while in search of the egg in rabbits rather than immediately dissecting them after mating. He would wait several days mm. that he then found the ruptured follicles in the ovary and tiny embryos in the uterus. Interesting. This clarified the distinction between new living organism and the female's contribution to it. Oh. The egg emerged from the female's ovary and combined somehow with the semen of the male to make the new Interesting. Person, Um, or rabbit, I guess. But so like basically he was understanding there was something, but they couldn't figure out. What? where and what yeah. so it's like this is like we can see that they made it this follicle rupture which yeah. is what it does right and then inside the uterus is a embryo that we can see now because it has rapidly grown right huh how that happened still still, still a okay okay so the scientific debate turned into not whether this preformation theory made sense but a battle between spermists and ovists <laughs> <laughs> okay Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and define these two words for Please. you. Please. Okay. So a spermist is one who believed that the complete human being was contained within the sperm rather than the ovum. Mm-hmm. And the ovist is someone who believed the complete embryo was contained within the ovum. Okay. Okay. The spermist focused on Adam. In his testicles were sperm cells. In those sperm cells were miniature proto-humans. Mm-hmm. In their testicles were micro-miniature protohumans who Had testicles of their own, etc. etc. Wow, so basically, just very like meadow. very <laughs> yes, and yes. the ovis placed the end the sequence inside Eve's ovaries, yes.
1: So it was basically like men versus women,
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so it one scientist in the late 1700s tallied as many as 262 hypotheses on <laughs> were men. his entire career. This just like oh, another one, No, oh, I, I got another, another, another idea, one. people. So, this debate dragged on and on until one day in 1875 a German scientist Oscar Hertwig put a sea urchin egg under a microscope. Sea urchin eggs are transparent and their fertilization takes place outside of their bodies. He placed a drop of semen near the egg and a tiny
1: sea it semen?
0: Yeah, and a tiny sperm cell pushed against the egg's outer surface. Moments later, the nucleus of the sperm cell came into view inside of the egg, and before his eyes, two nuclei fused into one. No one in history had ever seen this process of fertilization play out. I have chills all over my entire body. is fucking crazy? That is so cool. So we owe it to the sea urchin. And we do owe it to the sea urchin. So next time you're eating uni. (laughs) (laughs) Which will hopefully be soon. God willing, um, and at this point, there could be no further debate about the role of eggs and yeah, sperm in the creation so of life. Cool. So, like, you literally, I love that fact. Yes, literally, just like was like under a microscope watched. Can you imagine being the first person, no, on fucking planet Earth that I ever cannot. saw how that happens? Ugh. And it happens super. you rad- I mean, I've seen it in, like a video. Right, it does happen like pretty quickly. Rup. Yeah, it's not wow. just like hey, around there, like hey, he been like- you, let me treat you to like a wine <laughs> first. Like once it's inside. Yeah. That shit starts changing. Yeah, it just immediately. starts like multiplying. Wow. Yeah, wow. I don't know how big a sea urchin. Uh, fucking. I'll be uh, looking spurred. for videos of that this week on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm gonna look that up. But like, that's super cool, right? I love that. I know. I was like, damn, that's really interesting. What
1: year was that? I'm sorry, this was me. It's okay.
0: 1875.
1: Okay, so this is what you said originally. 1875.
0: 1875. So this is where he was. So thanks, C old Oscar, Oscar, and thanks to sea urchins. Yeah, we now know. We now know how eggs and sperm actually work together. I love that. Isn't that really fucking cool? I love that fact so much. I mean, I was like, I got to sprinkle in some of the weird, like, boiled puppies (laughs) bits, and then I got to hit you with the big You know what I'm here for, Rachel. (laughs) You know my wheelhouse. I know you're here for boiled puppies. I'm here for boiled puppies, (laughs) chainsaws,
1: goose goose penises, and now sea urchins. There you go. Wow. I know. So cool. Thanks for sharing. Tell me some stuff. Oh, you fucking know it. Let's go there. (laughs) Welcome back. Yes. Okay. So, as I said in the open, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about kind of the history of infertility and where how we got to be where we are today. Yeah. And I took a lot of information from an article called um, "Infertility and in Assisted Reproduction: A Historical and Modern Scientific Perspective." Yeah. And can I say one thing really quick?
0: Sure. <laughs> I always notice that you. Cite your sources. I'm just like pulling people's shit off the internet <laughs> and like rewording it a little bit or putting quotes around it and going with that. Yeah God.
1: I mean this is kind of like because I was previously just in like a grad school class where like I had to oh, cite no, sure. everything. I mean but
0: listen every class I ever took I had to cite people <laughs> but I
1: just like listen. Well I mean these people did the work so I might as well call them out. Also I don't reword it I just copy and paste it <laughs> exactly <laughs> as it is. Um, yeah. None of this information I know in my own mind. It's all somebody else's. I mean, God knows. <clears throat> right. I don't know anything. People don't think that we know this, right?
0: No. Okay. I just know. I just don't think of what was on VH1 in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Who else loved I Love Money? Let's talk oh about it. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, <laughs> back, back to, to infertility. <laughs> back to a horribly sad thing for people to go through in their lives. I
1: know. All right. Well, it's going to, you know, as we know, it's going to get a little, little bad, but... You know, it's a happy ending. Listen,
0: in the end, I feel like we're probably in a much better place when it comes to infertility than we were oh, even, like, for sure. 10 years ago.
1: Absolutely. So, historically, infertility has been treated as a socially, mentally, and physically damaging experience yeah. for the childless woman rather than the man. Yeah. It was never the man's fault. That's why I was surprised to hear, like, with one of your portions where they were, like, tying off the testicle. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so, like, men are taking some accountability here. But for the, for the longest time… Yeah. Um, fatherhood was more like a social thing rather than a biological mm-hmm. concept, um, thereby making childless a legitimate ground for divorce. So if you were,
0: uh-huh. you know, not able to give uh-huh. your
1: husband a child,
0: your, your, only, your only purpose in life, hundred
1: percent. Um, every country has its own set of customs and beliefs around why you could be childless. Um, one of the ways you could get around this was introducing a second wife. Um, and there was also, you know, they would just divorce you. They would leave you, um, you know, the one of the treatments of early on, of course, for forever was the power of prayer was believed to be the only true remedy. Wow. Well, and it was... <laughs> one true God. <laughs> Word up. It was believed that you were infertile because of something you did. Some yeah. character defect, yeah. some sin you made. Um, so it was like a shameful condition. Mm-hmm. So like saying that you couldn't have babies meant that you had some mortal sin, that you were a sinner. And so, yeah. you know, pray about it. Mm. Kind of. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So... That was kind of an overview. I'm going to get into like the individual eras. Okay. Okay. Um, so in the ancient era, which is 3500 BC to 500 AD, mm-hmm. marked the beginning of advancement in civilizations. And it was evidence from the Vedic literature that the general population during that time was familiar with the idea of artificial
0: insemination for infertility. Ayurvedic it's just vedic yeah it's it, it's indian ayurvedic okay but i think they i think like part it's like two words i don't know gotcha i, I had never mostly heard of it. ayurvedic medicine it's like a lot of times when people are talking about like eastern medicine oh, a lot I of see. it's driven from
1: makes sense Yes. Yeah. thank you for that um so this was they they figured out you could like manually inject semen into the reproductive tract of the woman um they would also sometimes inject
0: how, injected how
1: just, like, shove it up in there? Yeah, like, with, like, makeshift syringes, basically. Or, like, I don't know, whatever a turkey baster was <laughs> at the time.
0: Definitely wasn't having an orgasm. Then. <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 no. Sometimes they would also inject magic potions, which were created by the sages for the queen of childless kings to make them pregnant, and this was a typical practice during this era. Okay. So there. Then we move into the common era, which was 300 CE to 400 C. <laughs> oh, it's. <laughs> This is my, yeah, just reading across because I actually really am confused by this. But uh, during this time, infertility was typically presented as a problem for women, which we just uh, yeah. said. Um, it was considered as a tragedy for women in the ancient East since the barren wife is likely to be despised by her husband, family, and society.
0: Oh, it's just so brutal. It's
1: <sighs> The value of the women during the common era was determined by her purity mm. after marriage by her reproductibility.
0: Mm.
1: And oftentimes, like, your marriage wasn't, like, um official until you made a baby together. So
0: basically they could be like, well, this isn't a right. real marriage and right. I'm going to get a new yeah, wife. Yeah, like you were married. so fucking rude. Yeah. And then you're basically used And then you could, like, you could and consummate and that yeah, was but not like even... The, so. but like that man can move on with his yes. life and yep. you're just fucked.
1: Yeah, basically. You're like okay. a scorn, like you're a sinner. You're, you know, a lesser of the rest. Cool.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Sounds mm-hmm. great.
1: Um... Yeah, and this was like the major cause of why women were not married or divorced was because they couldn't produce children. So yeah, common era, two thumbs down. (laughs) Would not recommend. (laughs) Uh, The medieval period to the Middle Ages, 500 to 1500. Um, The suffering for women not bearing children continued. A wide range of religious views on infertility existed from the late medieval period to the Middle Ages, where the concepts of gender equality came into existence. Um, The necessity of procreation was understood as important carrier of lineage ahead for the continuity and the extension of the family. Um, Although religious discourse about infertility in those times focused mainly on women, men were also now considered culprits for not producing the child. Good. Yes um and but still it was like very common to have like a polygamous marriage like many men had multiple wives to kind of have the most children i
0: read somewhere in something i don't remember like pull so much research but i read somewhere that like sometimes they would not necessarily have like a second wife but they would take on like a mistress or some sort of like concubine and that could be like a surrogate for Mm -hmm. that but that's, like, probably with people, like, a lot of status and they need to have children. Yeah. And so they could still be that male's child. And right. that woman would have to be like, well, but I guess this is my child now. Yeah. Because I have a barren womb. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to kind of talk about
1: people who were important in, you know, the development of fertility care. Okay. Some of them were, you know, kind of dicks. But I feel like that's I mean, I we're here to
0: uncover. I, I bet if I talked about all those people, I'd really dug out on their stuff. I bet a lot of them would be fucking dicks, too.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I just think there was no other way at that time. I don't think that they really had any option. That's what they were taught. That's, like, what was believed at the time. I yeah. Mean, they were just as, you know, they just continued
0: doing. Yes, we're looking at through like, a modern lens. Yes. But still. Yeah.
1: All right. So, Anthony von lewin <laughs> He was. Oh, yeah. what a name. That's not as good one.
0: as. What was that other really good one that we laughed mm. so hard at? It was like Dick Lee oh, or something. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, well, whatever oh, shit, it was. Yes.
1: Yes. So this guy, he was a Dutch scientist. So he was around from 1632 to 1723. Um, he was the father of microbi- microbiology, and he was part inventor of the microscope. And he okay. was the first human being to see microorganisms such as bacteria. So oh, really? Yeah. So he examined, I believe it was his own sperm, for the first time under microscope in <laughs> Honestly? 1677.
0: Honestly, he going to be like, hey, turn hey.
1: off this <laughs> I mean, his sperm was the easiest accessible, you know? You're going to force somebody else to give you sperm? <laughs> I guess. Uh, so yeah, anyway, he says, quote, I have noticed a large number of small animals. I think there must—it must be more than a thousand on an area no larger than a grain of sand. It's
0: definitely more than a thousand. (laughs) Because there's like
1: millions of sperm. Right. And then he theorized that within each sperm was a tiny, full-formed human. And I have a picture here. Yes,
0: this is the spermist. Yeah,
1: the spermist. But look, like look at this (laughs) little. It looks like an eggman.
0: Like that's like that's a fucking dead body that uh, they were talking about. It's so weird. That is so weird. I know. I like that picture though yes it's just so fun. imagine a little like person <laughs> sperm it's like a t- it's like a picture of a sperm
1: that's like a picture of like a little like it looks like a tree ornament or something <laughs> it's like a little elf <laughs> Up on a shelf, yeah, basically. All right, so he, now we move on to Carl Ernst von Baer. He was mm-hmm. um, born in 1792 and died in 1876. And I'm sorry, what was? I don't know if you can call it off the top of your head, but was the year that they discovered the 1875?
0: Okay, so this is like uh, what? The, the, actually, what? Yes, 1875. Yeah. So he
1: was like right before that. Um, so he was a naturalist and a biologist and a founder of embryology, and he was the first to identify an ovum in a mammal, which was in 1826. He theorized that both animal and human reproduction sprung from more than just the mere deposit of a formative liquid within a female host. So he was like on the okay the, the beginning y- period okay. of like okay. There's two things something that come, come together. together, but he wasn't yes. quite sure what yet. Yeah, um, this guy, Lazaro Spalanzieri. So he was um, born in 1729 and lived until 1799. He was an Italian priest, phys- fial- mm, researcher, teacher, and ph- Physiologist?
0: Sorry, that word that is like... That is a word. I do not see It threw my brain had. for a loop. I was like... I and mean, you couldn't hear me over here like <laughs> I slurred through everything, like I've had seven Physiologist.
1: drinks. Physiologist. I have had 1.5 drinks, so that word is <laughs> not... Not even. You've
0: had 1.1 drinks. 1.1 drinks.
1: <laughs> so he was the first person to successfully impregnate an animal artificially. Um, he was the first to describe correctly the process of mammalian reproduction that involved both the, u- the union of semen and ovum. Okay, so isn't it interesting that he was like a priest and like a, a doctor and like a well, scientist? Because I
0: think because I think a lot of times when people would go into the clergy, it they could do it so they could have scholarly pursuits. Okay, because like especially a lot of people who like if you were a second son, if you weren't like the son that was going to inherit everything, mm-hmm. or like that's a way for you to have a life. It's a way for you to pursue those thoughts, spend your time like okay. away from. Trying to have marriage, trying to have kids. You could oh, pursue all of those because things. Because you were a priest. So if you're, and, yes. Oh, I see. And like science and religion, like I talked about, were like two sides of the same coin for yeah. a long time. Like right. now, I feel like it's really separate. But if ever told you a story about, this is a little bit of a tangent, but that's what we're here for, right? Yes. So when Leo and I went seven or eight years ago um, to D.C., we went to the Smithsonian... Uh, like the science Smithsonian, yeah. natural science Smithsonian. In there, they have an entire hall that is the human evolution exhibit. It is like above the door, human evolution. It's not just like evolution. It is specifically human mm-hmm. evolution. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we you walk in there, there's like this whole wall that talks about like how God and science like don't have to be separate right. and then, like Leo and I were like literally lulling to each other because we we're like okay what fucking idiot comes into the hall of human evolution and is like how dare you God exists like yeah. whatever so we're literally staying there and there's this like dear old docent everyone who works at the Smithsonian all those people their docents are like retirees mm-hmm. they don't get paid it's like volunteers. Yes, because they like love what they're yeah. doing. And there's like this like elder man who's probably in his late 70s. He had like all these different like knee joints. And so he was like talking about like how knee joints changed yeah. as we walked more upright. And this dude comes in and starts screaming at this old no. man. Yes. And he was like, the earth is only 6,000 oh. <laughs> years old. This guy's like, listen, this, bro. Man, but this man just was like. Okay, and like literally, that guy walked away. I'm first of all, I cannot imagine that we caught the only time it's happened. But I was like, oh, I guess I get why this God yeah, is science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that TikTok
1: that um, some who sent it, but it was that guy who walked up to like a bunch of kids standing in line for Santa,
0: and he was like, oh, Santa's not real. My God, uh, do not let your kids listen.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, don't let your kids listen. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but he was yes. saying he was like. The earth is only 2021 yes. years old. Yeah. Oh my yes. God. I'm fucking back those yes. up there. There. Okay. okay. So back on, on that. <laughs> take... a real. Yeah. Hard let's get term. back on track here. Uh, all right. So let's talk about John Hunter. He was okay. a Scottish surgeon. He was born in 1728, lived till 1793. Mm-hmm. So he did a case study on the first successful attempt in artificial insemination in humans. Oh. So Okay.
0: Wait. So it was. Nobody attempted it before the 1700s to, Mm -hmm. like, stuff some semen up there? I guess
1: not. So, basically, um, in 1790, a young married man came to him with a penile condition called hypospadias. So, basically, your urethra, like, is not straight. So, think about, like, the tip of the end of the penis. It's, like, facing the wrong direction. It's, like, going down.
0: Okay. So basically, instead of like coming directly out out of the, instead of coming
1: like shooting out of a penis, it kind of just like falls down. So it's like just not good for, like it goes in the vagina, but it's not propelling it, I guess. Okay. Listen. Okay. Yes. To my best understanding of this condition, it's just. Are you not not a fertility doctor? I'm not an adult (laughs) urologist. But, I mean, if you don't have something like that, it could affect, like, the ability I mean, for I, I, you to get pregnant, I guess, yeah. if you have, like, severe hypospadias. So, anyway, he came in and he was like, we can't get pregnant. So, Dr. Hunter developed a plan. So, he gave this patient a collection of a ton of syringes and a prescription for frequent masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, are you okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to use my CPR oh, skills on you. <laughs> he I would him-
0: love to come home. <laughs> prescription. I'm sorry. Wait, I, I can't do it today. Can I, I tell you, for my doctor. I've talked about how much I love Dr. Gerhart in the past, but one Did he time, prescribe masturbation?
1: Well, not in so many, no, but I forget why I came in there. I think it was, oh, it was when I got my IUD placed. He placed uh-huh. my IUD and he was like, you need to take it easy for like one or two days. Like try not to like do any heavy lifting, and you yeah. know, you might have some cramping, some bleeding. And I was like, I kind of looked at him. I'm like, you think that I'm going to be able to do that. And he was like, he sat down at his desk and he pulls up like a letterhead and he was like, to whom it may concern, Maggie must stay off of her feet, must lay in bed, must, must watch Netflix, yes. must have someone. And he wrote like this, like really like campy little note. And then signed his name and like printed it out and handed it to me. And I was like, thanks. I came home. I was like, here you go, Ryan. Here's my like, ticket. I got to go. go lay in bed. I got my ID. I loved him so much. Um, so anyway, this guy was given a prescription for frequent masturbation. He was to collect his semen and inject it into his wife's vagina. And they were, be, were able to become pregnant. Oh, great. So Good this for guy, them. Dr. John Hunter, he figured out like, oh, like you can use,
0: you know. Other methods of getting sperm right, to, into the, to the place person. they need, close to where it needs to be. Exactly. Good job.
1: Yeah. Hooray. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about Dr. William Pancoast. He studied at the Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia. Okay, yeah. Jefferson still exists. It does, yeah. Jefferson is still like a very well-known yeah. medical facility out yeah. in the city.
0: I know um, we talk about Penn all the time. Yeah, You're we're talking about people, Pennsylvania but. Hospital.
1: Represent, <laughs> but Jeff is like basically the yeah. second biggest adult. Yeah. Well, Temple. What else? Well,
0: no, yeah. I mean, yes. Jeff. Jeff is probably the second the biggest second in the city, but yeah. it's just like funny. I like think the city <laughs> is like so pen heavy. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's, like, the oldest in the nation. (laughs) Okay,
1: so in 1884, one of his patients had been long unable to conceive. Um, Her husband was found to have low sperm count. Um, The doctor did not inform the woman of the husband's condition. Because this was kind of, like, a point of shame. The guy, you know, the doctor knew about it. I
0: mean, I feel like men still, like, they're so attached to, like, their virility. And, like, male infertility, you basically don't hear about it. Like, that's a very... Well, so, okay, when when... After I had the second miscarriage before Cameron, um, I had a DNC. So they were able to get, like, tissue. And right. so they tested it. It was inconclusive. Um, And our doctor was like, listen, we don't consider two miscarriages recurrent. But also, like, if you feel comfortable, I, I, you can go see, like, a reproductive endocrinologist. So we mm-hmm. went to go see this reproductive endocrinologist. Yeah. And they did some, like, testing, they did, like, some ultrasound stuff. They did some blood work to make sure. I don't remember what it was called. But there's basically some condition that, like, you could be missing part of a piece of DNA. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. And if right. you reproduce with someone who has it, it's not a big deal. But if two people don't have that, yeah. then you're basically fucked and like can never. Yeah. Like it's like s- such small chance of having right. a successful pregnancy. So they just like – it's and it's really simple to test for. Right. But I remember the doctor talking to us and he basically was like – he says something to the effect of, like, it's usually women because women's, and like Leo was like, yes. But he's like, but women's systems are much more complicated. Right. Like, there are so many places that it can go wrong. Yeah. Women, he's like, men, it's basically like, you have do you have sperm? Ser- yeah. Do you have enough sperm? Are your sperm in there? Like, <laughs> or are they going places? Yeah. Like, that's, do they have some drive? Mostly it. Yes. I mean, obviously, you just talked about some a little bit. Like, there are so many stages in yeah. a woman's reproductive system. So I was like, see, look, we're just more complicated. Yeah, we are.
1: We're just very delicate. Yes. Um, so this guy, he didn't tell the woman of the husband's condition. So he put her under anesthesia with chloroform, which we talked about before,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, with six medical students observing, Dr. Mm. Pankost injected no. into her cervix with semen from one of the students that was deemed <gasps> to be the most attractive without her consent. Oh,
0: my God.
1: I know. And this was later to be like one of like the biggest things they would talk about in like... In conf- Oh, my God. Informed consent because she didn't know. so,
0: so. She, she had a baby?
1: The un, the unnamed woman delivered a healthy baby nine <gasps> months later. She never Maggie. had. I know. It does. I know. Can you fucking imagine? That's sick. And she never told. She The doctor just said, like, I'm going to do another exam on you. Never told her why. And then basically, like, looked at the group of residents and was like, hi, you're handsome and tall. Jack off for me. Oh. And then impregnated her.
0: So she never had
1: any idea that the baby was not biologically her husband's. (gasps) This remained a secret for 25 years.
0: I know. I am fucking shook right now. I know.
1: This was really upsetting to read. Like, how
0: violating. Yes. For everyone involved for that woman for their her husband for the fucking medical student that was like okay i guess i have to go fucking jerk off in a cup and impregnate this woman now and, like at
1: that time there was no like board of you know the medical board or people yeah, like then I'm just... doing a
0: post-mortem on like where everybody fucked up
1: and yeah and exactly like you're just kind of at that time you're like i think i want to be a doctor and you just started apprenticing yeah, oh under someone God. so if that person yeah. didn't like
0: you if you didn't follow their instructions That's true. you could be iced just out. Ex- yeah i mean and i'm sure this person like probably was like the top in their field like right. they want well, I'm going to redeem this guy. Yeah. I, I don't know how you can. I'm not going to redeem Dr. Pankos. Oh, oh, okay, good. terrible okay. Person. I was going to say, I was like, I don't know what you could We're say. We're going to redeem
1: the handsome resident. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so okay. in 1909, when Dr. Pankos died, the student that donated his sperm that day, Dr. Addison David Hard, came forward and published a letter in a, a medical journal called Medical World detailing the incident. Dr. Hard claimed that at the time, he had informed the husband of what he had done, and they had decided together not to tell the woman. Dr. Hard also found and told the then-grown-up baby boy the truth as well. But
0: also, that's violating on some level. I know, like,
1: like your dad wasn't your dad. I'm your dad. Yeah. Like, I'm just like handsome medical student number one
0: from Gray's Anatomy, <laughs> Dr. Hard. <laughs> Is that why he was picked? Yeah. I mean this seems like so this is like a a
1: case that's like heavily discussed in like medical ethics, like informed consent. Like I mean that is
0: that it's so past any like acceptable boundary. It's that's so fucking sick, Maggie. I I know. It is just so sick. And
1: I don't think the woman ever knew. Like I think she died before this came out. That the you know how fucking
0: embarrassing and horrible, like horrifying
1: to find that out. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, that is something that I did not. Uh, the whole IVF thing—it's there is like a lot of you know medical ethics involved because it's not uh, mistakes are made. You know, like nobody's yes. perfect. No, to be human is to be have error, yes. and even though yes. you can be like a very well-oiled machine, but you can. There's make also an a error. difference between
0: like if someone said to me, if I had done IVF, and someone had said to me, we made a mistake and we placed like. You know, your husband's sperm is not the sperm we made. But, like, I mean, I would be upset. But if there's like accountability, if there's like ownership taken in that, then there's at least like I can be upset and I can maybe sue you, whatever. But, like, it's not a violation. To be like, oh, we just well, thought it, that we just had this dude. This guy was way much better more looking than your fucking yeah. uggo Well, husband. it's
1: kind of the, the thing between like intent. There was like the uh, intent was yes. not there. Like if it was like yeah, a yeah, genuine yeah, mistake. Yes, yes. Then I think it's a little bit easier to hundred swallow. But,
0: but you're right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's no, no person is perfect. Yeah. And like there have to be mistakes that go on there.
1: And it has. I mean, there's been like many lawsuits about like people being like, well, that's my baby. Like, especially people who maybe <laughs> had embryos that were viable and they never became pregnant, but their embryo became implanted in another person that became pregnant and had the baby. And then they are like, well, that's actually my baby now. Like you were basically at surrogate. There's like <sighs> not a lot of them, but I was reading about some this week and I was just like, Holy fucking shit.
0: Damn.
1: Like just talk about how much there's like layers of trauma yes. in that. Okay. This is just so okay. upbeat. <laughs> what, what can I make a joke about now? <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna talk about this guy, Doctor Doctor Edward Clark. He was a Harvard Medical School professor. He thought, "Oh, this guy's a dick too." He thought. <laughs> He thought that the education level of women, not physiological or even emotional factors, was a cause for infertility. In his 1873 bestseller book called Sex and Education, or A Fair Chance for the Girls, he says, A strong mind leads to a weak body, for as their brains expand with knowledge, their wombs will shrivel and die. (gasps) And his proof for this is that college-educated women had fewer children. So... (sighs) I'm so sorry, everybody.
0: (laughs) First of all, sir.
1: Yeah.
0: Dr. Clark. People who are out of poverty, who have educations, are more likely to be able to, like, get information from other people about how to prevent pregnancy. Correct. Yeah. Also, maybe have some more autonomy in their lives. Correct.
1: Or just are like, listen, I would like to advance my career. Like, maybe I want to become a nurse or yeah, but a even,
0: Okay, so, but, like, I'm talking about, like, okay, let's say even, like, someone in 1800. Okay. Who, like, I there's they're a lot of women. But, like, okay, they're, good, they're getting some sort of education, whether that's sort of, like, even if it's a more ladylike education. Right. They're still going to be, they're probably going to have more information that's given to them about ways that they can prevent. Right. Whereas women who are uneducated, it's not that they're still they because they're stupid or their wombs are like oh yeah I can't see taken away from me. Yeah. They're less likely to have control over their own bodies. Right. They're less likely to be able to like speak up for themselves, yes. to have
1: some autonomy in the situation. Yeah to be like,
0: no, I'm not gonna fucking do that, you drunk husband. This book was probably a bestseller to fucking like that dude choked on a sandwich and died. <laughs> Dr. Edward <laughs> Clark.
1: Ron <Riding to> Hell <laughs> Okay so in, uh, from 1890 to 1910, artificial insemination began to gain acceptance and popularity in Europe and Russia. Um, in 1897, Dr. Heap, an outstanding reproductive biologist from Cambridge, reported the use of AI in rabbits, dogs, and horses. So they were kind of proving it. Like, I can do this in all these animals. I mean, I guess that's a
0: fairly simple way. Like, it doesn't take a lot of technology to artificially right. inseminate a person or an animal.
1: Right. And you can kind of play around with all the different factors. I mean, you know, if you did it, You know, during your ovulation cycle, like you kind of see the different times of the months, like right after Mm -hmm. your menses ends versus mid, like you can kind of start playing around and trying to figure out the times of the month when maybe that's how they led to figure out ovulation. Um, But anyway, in 1899, the attempts, uh, the first attempts to develop practical methods for artificial insemination were described by Isla Ivanoff. Um, and although Ivanov studied artificial insemination in domestic farm animals and dogs, rabbits and poultry, he was the first to develop the methods that we still know and use today in human medicine.
0: For really? Our- mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if it works, yeah, if I mean, it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it.
1: I mean, the thing with IVF and infertility treatments is it's basically this. And then it just fucking takes off to this like
0: it's either like really simple or like hyper complicated exactly.
1: And there really is besides like when I I don't talk too much about. Well, I'll get into like. We'll just get into it. So. By 1909, the same year that Pankos, so the guy who did the artificial insemination with the resident, the same year that his case was revealed, the Catholic Church stepped in and gave the artificial insemination their stamp of disapproval. So,
0: (laughs) because sex procreation and sex are tied together and... Sex is for procreation yes. and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So
1: kind of like
0: the I mean, church. To be fair, I feel like anything the church gives the stamp of disapproval, <laughs> I'm like, ah,
1: uh, that's I'll for me. It. I'll have it. <laughs> well, it kind of sucks because now all of a sudden you have this official, or I'm sorry, this effective way to mm, maybe yes. overcome infertility. A, a simple and a effective. Simple and effective way to become there's not
0: a lot of medical interventions that are both simple and effective. effective. Correct.
1: Like there's like hardly any yeah. medical intervention, but uh, because just add that to the
0: list of things. <laughs> (laughs) say fuck you to the catholic church about
1: so like whatever the graph is it's like infertility (laughs) it's getting better (laughs) it was like a downward line of like catholics (laughs) because they just people like less people were seeking help for their infertility based on this disapproval from the catholic church so um that's basically you know now we're going to dive into IVF, Like, so how did we get to where we are today with IVF? Um, So the upsurge from artificial insemination to IVF, as we said, is a massive one, both experimentally and publicly. Um, Semen preparation techniques were developed and intrauterine insemination became popular, being more safe and painless. Mm -hmm. And this came about in the 1920s and 1930s. So So they
0: literally, here's my thing. In 1875, they literally discovered how babies were made. And by the 1920s, they were already figuring out how to do it in like some medical fashion. Like, that is such a compressed time period.
1: (laughs) I know. Well, wait, maybe I said that wrong. We meant to cut this out.
0: No, 1920s. Yeah. Really? That's, I mean, but it's just like, that's only a 45 year difference. I guess. I'm almost fucking 40. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I guess you're not wrong. So yeah, 1920s and 1930s is when the role of hormones in reproduction and conception was substantially examined. So this led to the use of synthetic hormone substitutes. So if you're having, like, how now people get, you know, the and like all these different things to, like, stimulate ovulation, uh this was... They're
0: really easy, like, ways to sort of, like, jumpstart that process.
1: Yeah, so if you if your artificial insemination mm-hmm. isn't working, maybe it's because your hormones aren't there to release the egg. And we can give you so those hormones. So if you kind of take the hormone and then you can do the AI. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. It can come. And so this was kind
1: of like the early, you know, it's fucking amazing. I know. It is really. I mean, that's what I mean like it came from like just go masturbate and inject this <laughs> I would have semen lunch. So masturbation too. <laughs> To like oh well what if there like there's hormones involved like now it's they no, realize there's like a female it. portion and the male portion have to happen at the same time yeah and maybe now they figured out kind of like the moon cycle and how like you know you kind of yeah. get pregnant midway through um so the history of the earliest attempts of ibf can date back to 1890 when professor walter what? Haight reported the first case of embryo transplantation in rabbits in cambridge university by the end of how the, the fuck did they do that your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> like you. I was like, not going to look into that one. But yeah, I mean, I guess.
0: So literally 20 years later, they're like, we know what an egg is. Now we're going to try <laughs> to fucking stick it
1: inside a rabbit. I guess. Um, so by shit, the end of the 18th e- I know this is like some good science stuff here. So by the end of the 18th century, the concepts of reproduction became clear and fertilization was described as the fusion of nuclei of male sperm and the female egg. The embryo thus created in vitro laid a significant milestone due to its potentially mm-hmm. its, its potential ability to be to progress to a blastocyte stage, getting implanted and be carried on to a full term gestation. So that's kind of where you get the term okay. in vitro. So it took eighty years for, to perfect this method. Yeah, and it seems hyper complicated. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, they, the building blocks were kind of like we
0: figured it out, but to actually get to the point it, where you yeah, can extract the egg and yeah. keep it
1: alive and figure out the viability. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that's really fucking crazy. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a miracle truly. It I mean, is. It, I still am I'm just so interested in it. Um, but yeah, it took 80 years to perfect this method. And in 1790, or I'm sorry, you know, I have this like dyslexia. <laughs> you have never dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> 1978, the first baby is born to IVF. And I'm going to talk about her. So her name was Lo- Louise Joy Brown. She was born on July 25th, 1978. Um, so she um, was born in England. She was the first human to have ever been born after conception in in vitro fertilization. Amazing. I know her birth following a procedure pioneered in Britain has been lauded among the most remarkable medical breakthroughs of the yeah. 20th century. And she went on to have her parents were, uh, tried to get pregnant for nine,
0: nine years. Oh my God. Um,
1: I can't even imagine that. I feel
0: really lucky. I mean, you I through all the stuff that I've been through, I feel really lucky that like getting pregnant was never an issue. I know. I, I completely share that sentiment because it's I, something, I, I had the naivety hard. of
1: being like kind of one of the first people you, in our friend Not group. kind of one of the first people. Yeah. You
0: were the first. You're
1: just like, hey! <laughs> I was the first of any of the girls in my family. Like none of my cousins had had babies mm-hmm. before me. None of my friends had had mm-hmm. babies before me. No one that I worked with really that, that I was friends with had had babies before me. So I was going into it just like just whatever my mom told me you know and this was like a her, little her
0: rosy memories of things I she fucking forgot exactly three years later and so
1: i was it wasn't until after my kids like when my kids were toddlers when like yeah when many of the girls in our homes of
0: friends that people had, that were yeah. having more
1: babies and that were having problems i was like oh shit yeah
0: like, watching people go through fertility struggles i'm like i mean as much as like the heart like the heartbreak of like miscarriage happened like i got pregnant I mean, your body had no
1: problem getting pregnant. I got pregnant. Expert each time within like two cycles.
0: Yeah, and like Leo's, like you know, it's like not here all the time, right? So (laughs) like timing had to be. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, oh man, I know that. I just it is just pretty amazing that people can like how they have choices to have a family,
1: exactly. Like, and it's I know it's not for everybody because it's super invasive, but I mean. I would have done it. I think like if I yeah. look back on it, like now having my own biological children, I would feel like at least I would want to try because it is something yeah. so special to be pregnant. And I really always wanted that. Like I always wanted to feel yeah, what that would be like. Yeah. yeah. Like my, ever since I was a little girl, I would tell like people that I wanted a baby kind of like my own daughter.
0: Who's <laughs> <laughs> creeping. Oh my God. You have to tell she everybody what wait. she so said she, today about was, Colin. Um, what was it? No, Not was it yesterday? Today. It was T- yesterday, yesterday, Time's lost all baby She literally was like What did she say oh my god she was like She was like oh let's pretend Let's pretend this is my baby Colin And I'm like what (laughs) And then she's like keeps referring To her as my him as my baby Colin And then she went downstairs to get something And he he wasn't even fussing And then she's like It's okay my sweetie (laughs) And I was like bro So I need to get a restraining order Against you
1: she, for a while, was drawing pictures of, like, as her family. It was, like, me, Ryan, Ben, and Colin. <laughs> it was, like, her family picture. Um, yeah, I mean, IVF is just such a fucking miracle. And so, yes. you know, there, when I was reading about it, of course, there was, like, um, on the Wikipedia page for, like, in vitro, it was, like, in the media. And it talked about, like, Natalie Solman, the Octomom.
0: Oh, my God. I forgot
1: about it too. But I was, like, reading okay. about her. Dude. That was such a fucking circus. I that blue. doctor, I didn't. I don't have. This is all just from memory from reading about her this. Week,
0: so <laughs> forgive me if I like miscount how many kids she had. No, it was after mom.
1: She didn't kids. She had eight kids, but she had six kids before that. Like those eight kids, but were they were not, not all
0: at the same time. Those six no. kids, she had like six kids. Yes, from sperm donors, I believe. Like I don't think yeah, that no. she had a partner. She did not have a partner. Um, I feel like that is like get a therapist. Don't have more kids. Like mm-hmm. right. Someone did not love you enough as a child, and so you were trying to, like, get yeah. unconditional love from your children, which is, like. Well, there was a whole,
1: like, it ended up going to the medical board of California because they, like, basically called this doctor out. Like, dude, like, the this is not someone just, like, has been struggling with their partner for years. This is a person also, that's clear. Also, you should not
0: implant. No, we should well, right, eight embryos. There implanted.
1: was, yes. Well, he implanted 12. He'd planted, like all of them because she was like, I don't want them to, I don't want to keep paying to freeze them. And I don't want them to go to science or waste. So just put them all in me. And he fucking did. And then
0: they Ma'am. thought that
1: only seven took. And then when she was delivering them, they were like, Shut. surprise number eight. <laughs> there are dogs that have less fucking babies than that. <laughs> Dude. It It is just, I mean, a miracle that those children are- Walking on their own two feet. That yes. is, they were born at
0: 31 weeks, and they were weight of it them. Was 31 weeks that she went carry, that long? I feel like everyone has like like we all both watched John and Kate plus eight. I fucking love that show, <laughs> and those six babies were born. Hella early, weren't they? You know, I
1: only liked that show when they were married, like, in their small house. Yes, when when Kate had that haircut. The haircut. Once she, like, moved
0: into that, like, uh, big Pennsylvania house and, and, like, had, like. Remember that, like, table they had where it was, like, all of them would sit in these little high chairs and it was, like, a half moon? (laughs) She was, like, (laughs) like, one bowl of oatmeal and just feed feed them
1: all. I'd rather die. I mean, I when I was first pregnant with Ben, I was... Before I even had, like, an ultrasound, but I had taken a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And I was like... Because Ryan's an identical twin. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, like, there's maybe a chance that I could become pregnant with twins. I, like, really was thought that would be cool. I'm like, get two done. Like, you know, two kids sounds great. Two, you know, two for one deal. And I was, like, a little there was a ping of disappointment when I went for my first ultrasound and I only saw one baby. Cause I was like, Oh, I kind of like would have been cool. If, like he's a twin and we had twins. And I was like, Oh, okay. But okay. One is good. And yeah. the, you know, the heart and everything looked good, and whatever. And then when I was pregnant with Emerson and I went in to get the ultrasound, I was like, if there's fucking two in there. <laughs> I,
0: remember, I remember saying that when I had the bleeding with Colin yes. and went, it, you went with me to Aww. the doctor the most
1: emotional day of our lives
0: um coming home and telling my two best friends from home about and texting them I'm like there's the exact right amount of <laughs> yes. in there there's more than zero and less than two <laughs> that's the right amount yeah, thank I've, you
1: twins seem so cool in, in theory. theory and i feel, I like, feel I like, like, I like, like, like i would like to have like twins six years 100 percent, or twin seven twin adults
0: yes Twin like twin, twin babies.
1: babies sounds just like so
0: hard. If you have multiples out there, God, God bless, bless you. you. Yes,
1: <laughs> you're <a> fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, it just seems so, and like I guess what would be hard for me is like I am very much like I don't know if it's just I'm lazy or I enjoy like <laughs> I just could never get around to like getting my kids on a really strict schedule in the beginning or having like sleep training like it was just I mean, easier for like me I'm to like a, live in the I know, moment i
0: didn't do sleep training but i feel like i'm a psycho about schedule but like i don't know how you but no when you have two. twins it's like just colin, were, chaos Were your kids on a nursing schedule the first six months i mean yes I mean, colin they, yes the colin weirder that he is but yeah no, cameron no. yeah
1: like with both of my kids so they just kind of nurse a fucking
0: weird child <laughs> he's like a militant <laughs> he baby <is>. he's, <laughs> he's like the if five, you try to give him a boob five minutes before he's ready for it he's like ma'am this is not the time no yeah, but like imagine, like with twins, like you
1: literally have to start from the get, putting yeah. them on some kind of like a schedule. And that would just seem so daunting to me. Um, I just
0: imagine having a breastfeed babies, like two of these ones, or we put one down and sleep. And then one's like, know. Yeah.
1: that beginning part sounds yes. like just so dreadful. fucking torture. If you're listening to this and you're pregnant <laughs> with twins, it's going to be fine. You're going to do great. You yeah. are, listen, I so have cousins. As a I have, well,
0: Ryan's a twin, but I have cousins that are twins that are just like the most lovely, sweet, kind yeah. people. I mean, and I'm like jealous sometimes I'm like, oh, that, it must be really nice to have like a, like a be- built-in yes. best
1: friend. I know. Yes. It does seem so like, it has so many so positives. It gets I feel better. Like you just we can get adopt through. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you're pregnant with twins right now and you're listening for some reason, it will get better and you can do it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's take a short break and we'll come back for our fact check. Welcome back. Yeah. Ready for a fact check? I am. They're I love so I, I would like to say
0: I love these fucking stupid fact checks I we come up
1: with. <laughs> this week is very lighthearted. Okay. <laughs> Good. So, is cheesecake a cake or a pie?
0: Uh, what did you find out? Um it's inconclusive.
1: <laughs> There's no way it's a fucking cake. Listen. Modern cheesecake is not usually classified as an actual cake. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Despite the name, compare, compared with Boston cream pie, uh-huh. people who classify it as a tort point to the presence of many eggs, which are also a great source of leavening. Yeah,
0: there are a lot of eggs in cheesecake. Yeah.
1: Others find compelling evidence that it is a custard pie based on the overall structure, with the separate crust, the soft filling, and the absence of flour. Others identify it as a flan or a tart. Okay. And I said to Ryan, I'm going to call myself out. I was so dumb (laughs) the other night. I was like, well, it's a cake because it has a crust. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you mean a pie? And I was (laughs) uh like, don't talk to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, There you go. Cheesecake, pie. So what do you think a pie is? Well, now I think it's a pie.
0: I maybe think it's a tort now. <laughs>
1: oh, so we're moving on.
0: Like you thought it was a cake, okay. I thought it was a pie. Last week now- the controversy was: is the dress blue or gold? This week the controversy
1: is: is it a cheesecake, a pie, or a cake, or a tort, or a flan? <laughs> Listen, it's good. That's all I yes. fucking care about. Um, okay, so when did women get the chance, the choice,
0: chance to vote? Okay, so I can I speak on this? I actually looked it up. Yes. So I, I was. I I said 1919. It's actually 1920. Yes. You were very close. But I would like to say a big asterisk to that is white women. Mm. Black women did not get the vote until 1965 in the Voting Rights Act. Very true. It is something that as soon as I listened back and I thought about it, I was like, that was fucking stupid.
1: No. And it's
0: erasure on a lot of levels. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well.
1: Well, this is why we do our fact check. We listen back and it's hard I mean, that's I think the joy of like having this kind of banter is cause usually it's hundred percent in private.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can say things that make us later we're like, oh yeah,
1: sometimes I mean, I'm sure if we could listen back to the years of our conversation, there'd be things we'd go back oh, and be God, like,
0: Maggie, mm-hmm. no. I'm, I'm very glad that all our conversations <laughs> But now are that funny. they are
1: on a public forum, yeah. I do enjoy this little area where we can go back and be like, hey, like maybe this was something we would like to rephrase yes. or kind and,
0: of clarify. I mean, it definitely made me like think, and I know I've like had that thought before, been like, okay, so it's like yeah. white men, white women, white women, white right. men. Whatever, but when I said it, it just came out that way. And then when I went back to look at the date, right? When I sent it to you. I was like, mm-hmm. I literally, I was just like, that was, yeah. This is white women,
1: and it, well, we're as, still yes. This is the thing. We're this is these like years of it being in like
0: yes ingrained
1: ingrained, and yeah. now we're I trying to beat do, do better. Up work. A little bit about it this well, week. It's okay. We're <laughs> learning. We're all growing, and that's... don't ever fucking do it again. <laughs> you fired. <laughs> this is part of the growth though. And yeah. this is good that we're talking about it because it'll like, hopefully yes. others will hear and be like, Oh yeah. Like this is yes. when people say that now, like you can say, well, there's two dates. Yes. There's the date that white women became to have the right to vote. And then the, when the time when all women yes. got the right to vote. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, moving on, we have what I just wrote millimeter question mark. Oh, <laughs> Milliliter. Sorry. milliliter, milliliter question mark. <laughs> Because uh, we were confused. I, no, S2. not we
0: were confused. I was confused. <laughs> you said a thousand. Yes. Was a leader. Yes. I said it was a hundred. I, when I said it, something to Leo about it, he was like, Millie is a thousand. I was like, uh. <laughs> and then it made me think of Amelie. million, a Oh,
1: I like that song. But you know what? I think every- Lil Wayne's canceled because he likes <laughs> Donald Trump now, but- <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fuck that song, man. But I mean, with nursing, everything is in liters, milliliters. leaders. because it makes more fucking sense. It does. So that's why I knew, because like when you give someone yeah, a bag of flu, it's a leader. I guess I, s- leader, I, guess I a-
0: said it with enough confidence to your voice. was like. I was like, am wait, I am I wrong? Right? No. Listen, that's the attitude. We just fake it this till you make it. QAnon money. exists because somebody says something <laughs> dumb enough with enough confidence and somebody next to them is like, maybe that's right. <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, my next one is just Quaaludes, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, what is that other drug that was yes. really popular in the seventies? Yes, Quaaludes. Quaaludes. And, yeah, I was listening back to it. It was it yeah. came to me, and I was like, mm, okay, okay. So not a drug that I've ever done. I do Is no, Quaaludes still a thing? People? do? I don't think Quaaludes is a thing. People I feel though. like that's what people did after they came off like a four-day cocaine binge. Yes. They're like, I have to sleep. I have <laughs>
1: All right. I didn't research Quaaludes, but... Um, well, that's because I
0: just, I threw those notes in I think it notes. was just
1: like an answer to the question we asked last week, which is like, what was the other drug besides mm-hmm.
0: opium, right? Is that what it was? It was opium and, and lithium or something, I and think. And Yeah.
1: Okay. All right, guys. Well, that was our fact check. Very light. Very, um, not too... Yeah. Not well, too... Well, this
0: is... I really enjoyed this week's episode. This was a great I'm episode. I'm really enjoying us exploring the space of like... Me too. What is interesting to us. Yes. And, like, how those sort of, like, butted up against each other, you know like, me talking about where conception, like, how we even yeah. figure out what it is, like, butts right into infertility. Because, like, as soon as you figure out how it works, you're going to figure out how to fix, exactly. fix it. Exactly fix it. Yes. Well, right. Or like, if you're
1: having problems, like it's how, you know, you can't, build. it's almost like we were saying you can't build the parachute as you fall. Like you have to know what's going wrong to be Uh, able to try to achieve the desired outcome. Yes. So yeah. I mean, this, I remember when you suggested this topic, I was a little nervous because I was like, I don't know how much I'll find, but you know, I didn't honestly do too much about like what was my original thought was I would look up like, what was the recommendation on how to get pregnant from the medical community. But yeah, I'm like, I think like, pretty easy on. They sex? figured out just like, have
0: sex a lot. <laughs> Everybody have two glasses of red wine. <laughs> yeah. Go get that light nice and dim. Do cocaine about it. <laughs> Don't do cocaine about it. You will not keep an erection.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I felt like IVF and fertility was just like something. It was something I didn't know a lot about. I mean, no. as a pediatric nurse, that is so far out of. I mean, my yes. only experience with it is the few close friends that I have that have yeah. gone through it. And I mean it is just grueling and i mean
0: when you when you really want a baby and you cannot achieve that goal Ugh.
1: it's sick and here's the thing too that i find so upsetting about it like If you're born with diabetes, Mm -hmm. you have, you know, your whole life to kind of cope with that. Or if you're born and you experience like childhood cancer, you know, like there are things that can cause future infertility. Maybe not diabetes wasn't a good example, but like maybe if you had childhood cancers, you might have a hard time conceiving. Or if you had some sort of abdominal surgery Mm -hmm. and you might have trouble conceiving as, you know, there's things that can prepare you for maybe having trouble conceiving. testicular
0: torsion or something. Correct. Like
1: there could be something that happens in your life that you know, gives you a predisposition to have yes. trouble. If you're just one of the one in, this is something I didn't find out. Like the statistics of how many people suffer from infertility. Well, there you go. Now you have a fact check. I can look week. it up, but I'm sure it's more than we all think. of. I'm sure. I'm sure. But there's like, also, like, isn't like levels, one in four or five women have it, mi- a miscarriage. Like I was four, yeah. so shocked when I heard that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I know
0: how many women do I know? And I mean, when I started being really open about my miscarriage stuff, like it was crazy. Every fucking woman, yeah, in particular, women obviously, because right. we talk about ourselves, but every person that had gone through trying to have a baby was like, "Oh, we had that." My right. sister. Yep. My cousin. Oh, my mom. I think you can. My best friend. Like, there was not a person I've ever talked to about it that has not had someone that is like a close. A I person think we to could them. comfortably safely say that every
1: single person knows somebody
0: who's struggling with infertility, with infertility yes. or
1: multiple miscarriages or yeah. something. And I think that that is like a, a sad – it's a truth.
0: Yeah. And it's not it's also, talked about in a way that is common. a weird trauma that so many people go through without acknowledging what that trauma right. is.
1: Well, and then getting back to where I started talking and then went on like I forgot where I was headed <laughs> with it. But <laughs> – that kind of infertility where you're just like the unfortunate, like one in four or five or whatever we might come out. Like you don't know that's happening to you until Until. you're planning to have a child. And you're just expecting, you see your expecting it to happen. And then all of a sudden it's not. And then it's really not. And then it's, just not, and you're and gonna you, have
0: yes, and, and then, then you, you the next go thing you know, and you try IUI yeah. and that doesn't work, and you try IVF and that's not working. Doing the medication, it's crazy expensive, hormones. and it's and really a lot. lot on your
1: body. Yes. I mean, oh my gosh, the needles, the Ugh. hormones, the procedures. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: your fucking warrior to try to like <sighs> it is just your family so, that way.
1: It's just like it's this big disability that is invisible. It's yeah. not seen as something that is like. You know, and and so it is an elective surgery, but the same. It's an elective procedure, you know. But But at the same time, it's like it it should. It it's considered essential. Yes, you know, if you want that.
0: Having children. I mean, I guess like okay, you don't have to have children, but like if you want children, yeah, and that's not a goal that you can achieve. I I mean, it's (sighs) such. I I. I cannot even, it, it, as much as we clearly complain about our children, like my life is not, right. I would not change a single moment of my life. A hundred percent.
1: I think that it's, it is it one of those meant. things that is like, mm, now it's so hard to be as thankful for it. Cause it's like, you're just in it and yeah. it's been hard with the pandemic. But at the same time, as you said, I wouldn't change yeah. a single second and I'd rather be doing this than yeah. not. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, one million percent. It just gives times me a lot of, of feels because it's just Same. you know it. And so I, anyway, I just my heart breaks for people that I know have gone through it, are going through it right now. I know might go through it in the future. Secondary infertility, yeah, like something nobody talks about.
1: I yeah. mean, it's such a
0: thing. So I'm glad we talked about it, and yeah, hopefully
1: people feel comfortable yes. sharing. Yeah, I mean, I, I know for me, talking about it is
0: helpful. Super getting healing. It out there. Yeah, super healing. It is like. Got me to a place to be okay, and I know that's not for everyone. I mean, right. obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I am an oversharer. <laughs> there are things I should not have fucking said on this <laughs> podcast,
1: okay? But I also like that's just who I am. There's healing in it. Saying it out loud, letting yes. it be known, it gives that situation not permanency. It take
0: root inside your own body, right? Like, sharing that burden, like if it's all the pressure just on you, that can be such an unbearable weight. But if you can like take some of that weight. And put a little on your friend and a little on your mom and a little on your sister. Yep. Then there's other people to help, like, lift Support you up. Support you up. Yeah.
1: And you don't feel so alone in it. No.
0: And yeah. parenting can be really lonely. And, like, we are lucky. We've talked about, like, the community we have. Not just, I mean, I, the two of us are codependent. Like, it's not healthy, probably. Yeah. But we also have other people in our lives yeah. that are, like, <laughs> <We've>
1: dragged <laughs> into this <laughs> dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> you will be friends with us.
0: like it But. Yeah. I mean, you that, know. that community is is so, so good yeah, and so essential. And so I hope that if there's going to be listening to this right now, I, I mean, I hope even if you need anything, let us know. We're yeah. here to group chat with you. <laughs> Add us to our
1: <laughs> we, 20th group chat. Yes. <laughs> um, so on that note. What are we going to talk about next week? So let's start by saying next week is going to be our final episode of the season. season.
0: We will continue this, but we sort of did this by the seat of our pants. (laughs) And so we're gonna, this will be our 10th episode. We're gonna take a minute to regroup, Yeah, figure out what the fuck we just did. (laughs) We're gonna think about it because that'll be the first time we think about it. (laughs) We decided to do this. And honestly, I think it was for the best. Because I think just not thinking about it, we worked it out yeah. as we were doing it. Yeah. We worked out some of our sound issues. We did. It's been a journey. <laughs> we worked out like our formatting, everything. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that. But I think it's time for us to sort of like, okay, what is the next stage? Yeah. We, we will d- be back we because will... this has been the glue that's been holding me emotionally <laughs> <and> together. <Taylor. laughs> I love it. Yes. Um. So, but our 10th episode is going to be.
1: We're going to talk about the pandemic. We're going to talk about pandemic parenting, the past, the present, the Possible hopeful, future. Never future. Oh my god! But I'm so intrigued. Like I, I have had this thought so many times during this pandemic because I have learned about the 1918, 1919, 1920s. Yes. You know the flu pandemic. Yes. And I, you know, clearly parents were going through it then, and I just want to know, like, what the fuck, what were they doing? Like, how so. did that look? I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about that. Um, I have not, I have not done any research yet, now, so I don't know what this episode will become. Uh, me either, because but. there's not. Here's the thing. What we're going through right now, there's nothing, there's no research written about it yet. So it's all, we're living the written history. So, yeah, we'll see what this comes together as, but we're going to talk about pandemic parenting. And, you
0: know, it's kind of funny. We didn't plan it, but I was thinking this weekend is the anniversary of, like, basically everything rocking down for us. It is. and like I think Texas, there a week later, so we're basically yeah. coming up magically on the one-year anniversary, even, and sort of like throwing out our final episode for the season. Wow, of our pandemic parenting.
1: Yeah, I think that is really, really, really um, what's the word? Mm. <laughs> Depressing, <laughs> exciting, interesting, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so we hope you listen. Yes. thank you for listening so long.
0: This whole time, uh, this as much as we keep talking to each other and cannot fucking shut up. Um, thank you. <laughs> we love you. Oh, rate, review, subscribe. Yes, please. Okay. come on. Goodbye. bye.
1: Okay, go say it.
0: Your grandparents um, what does it say? There? Did what? Did what? Your grandparents did what? Your grandparents did what?